Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Today, we have a crossover episode with Bruce Cyphers, who is now the director of CYO football in the Indianapolis Diocese. As a high school coach, Bruce had a record of 248 and 88, leading his team to seven state championships. He's done an excellent job in his career as a football coach and now continues to help the game in a different way as the executive director of the Catholic Youth Organization of Indianapolis. Listen in this episode as Bruce discusses the importance of the high school football coach in the football development model. The football development model is something we've been working on at USA Football that really aligns your programs and helps advance and grow the game. It's a tremendous resource that we've put together with everything from coach certification to skill progressions to practice plans, even an app. All these things designed to help your youth football program and to retain players so that you at the high school level have the ability to have all the participants you need to be successful. Please check it out at fdm.usafootball.com. Here's the episode. You take youth football, but then you fast forward 20 years. What that guy's going to remember 20 years after youth football are moments. We want kids who love football to have the opportunity to play football. There's opportunities no matter your gender, no matter your race, no matter your background. There's no specific box. Looking at, you know, whether it's playing flight football or modified version of the game. I think it's so smart. We're shaping the whole person. We want to make sure that you're a successful person on and off the field. Positive football experiences. So they keep playing and keep getting better. This is Football for All. On today's Football for All podcast presented by USA Football, we discuss bringing the football development model to your community. And joining me to discuss that today is the former head football coach at Ron Colley High School, Coach Bruce Cyphers. Coach, great to have you here today. Thank you so much, Keith. Uh, pleasure to be with you. Coach, before we get going, just so our listeners understand a little bit about who you are and what you've done, I want to just share with, with them some things you've been able to accomplish over your career. You did retire from teaching and coaching in 2017, though you remain involved in football as the current executive director of CYO Athletics in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Uh, you oversee 24,000 youth and 7,000 adult volunteers, so a lot on your plate still as far as athletics. The former head coach at Roncalli High School in Indianapolis, you won seven state championships, which is in the top five uh, most state titles won in Indiana, three-time Hall of Fame inductee, and the 2018 National Football Foundation Distinguished American Award recipient. So first of all, Coach, congratulations on an outstanding career, and, and also thank you for remaining involved in the game. Oh, you betcha. Yeah, it uh, always felt blessed to be able to, to coach at a school like, like I did there at Ron Colley High School and work with some great kids and great families. And like everybody else that loves the game, I, I've always had a true appreciation for uh, the life lessons learned and, and uh, the way that uh, the game, especially when it's coached the right way, uh, changes lives. So yeah, I've just been so fortunate to be a part of that and, and even though my days uh, officially as a coach are over the last three years been able to work with it from uh, an administrative standpoint uh, with with the CYO so feel very blessed to be a part of that as well. 
Coach, how did you get involved with the football development model? We are uh, we're, we're very fortunate uh, here in Indianapolis that the uh, USA Football Central Office is here in Indy and uh, actually uh, about a six-minute drive from the CYO office to uh, USA Football office. So they have just been so good, just uh, phenomenally good, really, to work with. And we, uh, in the last three years, as I've, I've been with the CYO, we've, we've seen, as has happened across the country, just declining numbers in participation really over about the last decade. But, uh, you know, we just... Um, felt like we needed to look into to a couple of different things, you know, to try to change the tide a little bit and stop the numbers loss. And we were just looking for different ideas, solutions, potentially, and, and sat down with the good folks at USA Football and began to share ideas. And really, that's how the concept, I guess, of looking at a, a new model came to light. One of those first things you were exposed to were the new game types, specifically rookie tackle what was the thought when you first saw rookie tackle? We initially became interested in the rookie tackle concept a couple of years ago. Like other programs around the country, we've seen declining numbers. And in the 2018 season, for the first time ever, our third and fourth grade numbers were, were less than our fifth and sixth grade numbers. Uh, and and you know, we primarily work, we, we call it the 34 league, the 56 league. Uh, and then our cadet league would be our seventh and eighth graders. But obviously those 34 kids, that's the foundation of the entire league. And, and so again, in, in 2018, uh, our 34 numbers were less than our 56 numbers. And we <laughs> thought this isn't a good sign is the foundation of the league. And so we got in touch with the good folks at USA football and, and we knew that they had been uh, looking into to some different models and, uh, you know, set, sat down with them three or four different times. And, and uh, you know, we had discussed potentially doing flag football uh, at that 34 level. And, and uh, uh, as they introduced the, the rookie tackle concept, it just really caught our eye. I mean, it, it uh, seemed like a, a great way to do things and potentially uh, create excitement. And, and uh, we, you know, we ended up then going to the seven on seven rookie tackle Really, really liked it. This past season was the first season that we did it and had, had a lot of very solid success with it. Coach, what level was that implemented at? At the third and fourth grade level, yes. And again, we, we call it the 34 league, but it's, it's the third and fourth grade uh, uh, kids. Got it. So as you're introducing this, uh, it is a new concept. What were the, the hurdles you had to overcome? What was, I guess, any kind of pushback you had from people who aren't familiar with it? A great question. And as might be expected, anytime you try to uh, implement any kind of change with uh, coaches, uh, especially, <laughs> I think sometimes the, the older coaches that have been doing it forever, um, we knew first and foremost uh, from our office that uh, the first people we, we needed to approach and, and, and begin to convince were, were the coaches, the actual third and fourth grade coaches in our league. And so, uh, this went back to, I believe, early April, uh, about this time uh, a year ago, we, we called a meeting for all of the third and fourth grade coaches and, and invited athletic directors from each of our uh, uh, schools to come to, to this meeting as well and, and, and just kind of initially introduced 
the program. And, and of course, our selling point was, again, for the first time ever, our third and fourth grade numbers were, were fewer than the 56 numbers. And we needed to do something to, you know, uh, think outside the box and, and look uh, towards something that would, would ebb that, that, that tide and, and stop that loss of our younger players. And so that, that was really our biggest challenge, I think, initially was convincing all of those uh, coaches that this was in fact real football <laughs> and it was still going to be uh, live tackle <clears throat> again the the opportunity to go with uh, a seven man uh, team you know the, the the schools with lower numbers then would still be able to uh, field their own team we were getting to a point where we were having to kind of see uh, consolidate you know some of the schools uh, so they would have enough players to play 11 man football and so for all those reasons we uh, introduced it. We actually had uh, two members of the USA football staff uh, there with us. So, you know, one of them had a, a kind of a slide show uh, that uh, they shared with us uh, with, with the rookie tackle, and, and they just did a great job, again, of helping us introduce this concept. Uh, and, and at first, early in the meeting, uh, caught some resistance. I think by the end of the, uh, the meeting, we, we had a majority convinced that, okay, let's, let's give this a go. Let's give it a chance uh, and see how it works out. And, and uh, th- yeah, that was our first step, and really the first obstacle we had. And then from there, of course, you've got to convince the parents that it's going to be a, a positive thing as well. In that first meeting with your coaches, and you said most of the people got on board and understood it and were excited. But, you know, as with anything, new idea, there's going to be some people who are skeptical. So what were, I guess, some of the things that they struggled with as they were thinking about how this might be implemented and how this change might come about. I think initially they struggled with, you know, just trying to imagine what this would look like and, and how different it was going to be from the 11 man football. And, uh, you know, the concepts of, of kids rotating positions every quarter and in the seven man football versus what they had always known with 11 man football. And yeah, just a lot of questions, you know, what is this going to look like? And so, um, I think one of the best things we did uh, was after that initial meeting, uh, I invited, uh, uh, I said, whoever would like to be a part of a commission, if you will, a committee, uh, we will meet again in two weeks, and we would like at least one representative from each of the uh, programs, each of the athletic uh, you know, schools, whatever, athletic departments, uh, to, to attend and what we're going to do is take a look at uh, the USA football rules that they prescribe for the rookie tackle. Uh, and, and let's make this our own. Obviously, use uh, the USA football model. Uh, but let's, let's uh, d- d- take a look at each of those, those rules, how, how it's a little bit different. And let's discuss you know, how, how might this uh, play out in, in our CYO league and uh, what uh, potential rule changes do we need to make uh, to fit what we have done and what we feel comfortable with. And, and I really think that was a good thing because we had a good number of coaches show up for that second meeting. And I think giving them kind of a voice say so, and, and uh, some of the, uh, you know, some of the rule changes and, and we didn't change a lot, but I think we, we did make some, uh, a handful of changes to, to the, uh, you know, initial uh, rules that, that USA football uh, proposed and the USA football folks are, are very supportive of that. Yeah, they said, you know, do whatever you need to do to uh, 
uh, you know, make any uh, changes that need to be made to, to get your people excited and on board with this. And they were very supportive of that. But yeah, that second meeting was really good. I think that was a key thing in, in selling those coaches that this is going to be fun and uh, kids are going to like it. Parents are going to like it. And, and giving them a say so in that was a big deal. I think that's the beauty of the football development model is that none of this is intended to be just black and white, do it this way, do as we say. This is about giving communities tools to help solve some of those issues, whether those issues are concerns over at what point you should allow full contact or concerns over how you're able to use uh, smaller-sided games and and maybe have smaller rosters. There's all kinds of things that can be done along this, this progression, along this model that uh, you can tweak it here or there and really make it your own and make it something that fits perfectly for your community. And I think that's what you guys were able to do. You bet. Yeah. And that, uh, as I look back on it, uh, we have had some flag football with first and second graders. And again, you know, just looking to think outside the box, do something a little bit different. We had considered doing flag football with our third and fourth grade kids. Um, but it is it, reflecting on it. I'm so glad really that we went with the third and fourth or the rookie tackle for our third and fourth grade kids. It was just kind of that, that smooth transition from flag football with, with the, the little guys to uh, you know, that's kind of like the, the next step up the, the rookie tackle fifth and sixth grade kids. We, we're in our league, uh, you know, we're back into the 11 man tackle football. So, uh, yeah, it was a great transition, and, and people bought into it very well. I know there's always uh, some trepidation in my community here in Avon Lake, Ohio, and this was a few years back. I remember going to my son's freshman basketball game, and uh, you know, a lot of the parents had some younger kids, and coach just uh, introduced them this idea of rookie tackle, and boy, did they have a ton of questions for me. And it, it was almost like, you know, the mob was coming with uh, <laughs> with pitchforks and torches because they knew <laughs> I was with USA Football and what's this stuff. And, you know, by uh, about 10 minutes into the conversation, you know, I could explain it to them clearly what some of the objectives of what we were doing and how it was a good thing. And, you know, I mean, they trusted my opinion having coached football for so long. But that parent group is probably the next one that, you know, you're going to have to go through this whole process again. So what was it like as you introduced this to the parents? We, uh, you know, sent, sent out um, a mailing from, from our office to the athletic directors to, to share with the parents. Uh, and then again, you know, through that second meeting that we had with the coaches, we just really emphasized, you know, hey, coaches within your particular uh, parish uh, team, you know, you, the, the families you work with, you know, it's really important that you you, you help us here in, in, in sharing the message and why we're doing what we're doing and your demeanor in delivering that message is, is going to be huge. You know, if, if uh, parents feel like you're excited about it and that you believe that it is a step in the right direction, 98% of the parents will probably come on board with it and feel the same way. So, yeah, we, we, we did send... Uh, out, out a couple of messages from our office to the parents, but then also really heavily relied on our coaches to, to you know talk it up and be positive about it. And, and I think that was very helpful. In looking at the, the process overall, 
in making this change? What was the hardest thing about implementation? As we've kind of talked about, you know, initially getting the coaches to, to be fired up and positive about it. I would say the, the kind of the second thing was, was just ironing out the wrinkles. You know, the first two or three games that we played, kind of figuring out little things that we needed to tweak and so forth. And we did make two or three uh, minor changes kind of midstream there before we got to the playoffs. And, and so, yeah, just kind of figuring out what was best for, for our league and our kids uh, and, and ironing out those wrinkles was, was important. So as a coach, you're always familiar with, um, you know, the things happen on game day and then you're able to go back and review and make some of those changes and look at how you might do things in the future. So with that in mind and in that perspective, coach, what piece of advice or wisdom would you have for league administrators who are considering whether or not adding an additional game type is worth the effort? I would say if, if administrators, commissioners, whatever, uh, if, if you uh, feel that, that your numbers are declining, uh, if you feel that maybe there's waning inter- interest in the game in your community, uh, by all means, uh, you know, we need to investigate a couple of different options. Uh, you know, what uh, variations can we bring to the game? Uh, it does a couple of things. You know, um, uh, one of the things about rookie tackle is, is uh, it really emphasizes the heads up, you know, uh, no players in a three-point stance at the snap of the ball. And uh, so we were able to really sell that uh, for our third and fourth grade parents that, you know, it's, it's maybe a little bit safer uh, introduction to the game with this young group of kids. And, and so we talked about safety with the parents. That's all, always a huge thing. But uh, again, for the leaders, the administrators of leagues, just contemplate, I guess, what uh, creative thinking can we have in, in, uh, to, to uh, you know, try to restore and, and rebuild uh, numbers in the game and then uh, convincing our coaches and parents that this is what's best for, for our league. This is what's best for the game of football. And, and, and I think along with that is, is administrators, we need to continue to sell to our uh, con- constituents, I guess, you know, our, our parents, our coaches, that this is the greatest game that's ever been created. <laughs> and, and, you know, all the, the valuable life lessons and, and uh, the merits of the game, uh, you know, for us to sit back and, and do nothing and watch, you know, uh, numbers uh, fade and, and the game kind of wilt on the vine, we're, we're doing a terrible injustice to the game and, and what the game has to offer. And, and, you know, those who coach and administrate uh, the game uh, are probably doing what they're doing because uh, the game uh, had such an impact on them, probably changed their life. You know, a game of football changed my life. And that's why I have uh, committed uh, most of my adult life to, trying to maintain the game. And so I think most coaches and, and administrators um, of the game would, would say the same thing. So, yeah, we need to just continue to work hard and be creative and do everything we can to uh, build the game and, and uh, keep it as strong as it can be so uh, our younger generations can, can can learn those same life lessons and, and uh, become the, the men they were created to be. You know, and, and for the game of football helps us do that. Uh, we, we can't let that, that go away. Coach, I was on a, a panel, uh, actually led a panel in 2019 at USA Football's National Conference, a league that had implemented this in Texas. And we had uh, some parents, coaches, and commissioner represented there and getting different perspective from them. And I did ask the coach and spent some time on this, on how implementing this rookie tackle seven-on-seven type game what did he see a little bit differently in the coaching and 
what he shared with me, I think is important. He said, number one, um, because there were less moving parts, there's, there's not 22 on the field. Uh, some of the scheme things that you see were de-emphasized. You didn't have to necessarily spend as much time running play after play after play, that there could be more uh, time spent on development, and that because the game was really new to people and different, you know, a lot of times we bring what we know to the table. So uh, a lot of times it's it's that... um, that guy who played the game 10 or 15 years ago and, and now has a young son or daughter ready to play and, and says, well, you know, I know a little bit about this. I'll come out and, and do this. But they go back to stuff that is pretty old. They said with this, it was a little bit more forward thinking, more time on developing athleticism and developing the skills that are so important for these young players to learn and, and to uh, be able to progress through. And, and that the scheme was de-emphasized. What were your thoughts or what did you see in that regard? We saw some very good results, really, I think, from uh, from, from this concept. And you, you kind of alluded to that, you know, with, with seven-man uh, football, there, there are not as many positions that need to be taught um, and not as many positional concerns that coaches have to have. And so uh, the coaches really liked, I think, you know, having basically uh, seven uh, positions to work with, uh, and every kid uh, learns all of those positions. In, in uh, you know our league, and it's prescribed by USA Football. Every quarter, uh, the kids should should rotate positions. So if a kid plays, for example, an offensive line position in quarter one, in uh, in three, in quarters two and four, they should be uh, a back or receiver. Uh, on offense and likewise on defense, if, if they're playing the D line in, in quarters one and three, then in two and four, they should play linebacker or, or a safety or a defensive back. So um, t- to your point, I, you know, the, the kids uh, um, got to rotate around and play every position. So I think you have a, a much better skill development, you know, overall football skills on both sides of the ball playing time. You know, I think parents are really excited that uh, their kid is, is, you know, their sons or, or daughters, if, if the league has girls, uh, you know, get, get to play a little bit of every position and they learn that through practice to, to your point. Also their uh, USA football has a playbook that, that is uh, pre created for you. Uh, and we uh, used that, but also allowed our coaches to insert maybe a few of their own plays, a handful and maybe a, a couple of trick plays here or there if they wanted to. But th- the point is that, uh, yeah, with, with fewer positions on the field, there's less time that has to be spent teaching kids uh, and choreographing each of those plays, especially, you know, we encouraged, I, I, I put a strong word in, you know, to every coach, you know, hey, you know, create your playbook, put it in, in, in uh, writing and hold it up uh, in the huddle, you know, hold it up there so they can visually see exactly what they're going to do on each play. Uh, and, and, you know, coaches, two coaches are allowed on the field on offense and defense during the game and, and to keep things moving. Hey, just hold up the playbook, <laughs> let them look at it. So they know exactly what they're doing and get them in and out of the huddle quickly and you know, let them go to it. So, so yeah, the coaches replied that they just felt like their kids were better coached. They were able to spend more time on skill work, less time on, on implementing or installing the plays and choreographing all of that. And he combined that with, with playing time on both sides of the ball in all positions. Uh, I think it just makes for uh, happy kids. 
and, and certainly happy parents as well. And that's, that's all really good stuff. Since that time you first saw rookie tackle, we've, we've continued to evolve this whole football development model. And we saw a need in, in some places with a game that kind of served as a bridge between flag and the full contact rookie and communities around the country have implemented a padded flag with rookie tackle rules uh, so that players learn and maybe get a year or possibly two years, depending on who you're talking to, but they get that opportunity to carry their pads. They're still pulling flags. They're starting to learn uh, elements of contact, how to block with their hands, how to use their shoulders. Yet at the same time, they're not getting their bodies into that position where they're going to leave their feet, which I know you as a coach, the same as me, that was always one of those challenges you wanted, especially in practice, players to stay on their feet. Players who could stay on their feet mean that they're more athletic. They're bringing their feet into the play, into the different things they need to do. I feel like that's an important part in the progression for people who are looking at different ways. And the other thing is, is you know, what we've heard from people around the country is that that padded flag also helps them transition kids from flag to tackle, that there are places where they don't see that transition, that they lose numbers when uh, you go from flag to tackle. But now when you add the padded flag element, it's been a nice bridge. So just wondering your thoughts. I know you haven't installed that yet as part of what you're doing, but your thoughts on the limited contact versions of the game. I, I think that, uh, Keith, that's, that's a fascinating concept. And I think for leagues that are maybe looking to find yeah, that, that go-between, and, and I certainly appreciate uh, USA Football's efforts to continue, you know, this development model of, of finding kind of, you know, those in-between stages to uh, allow kids to move from, from one uh, level to, to the next. I think that, that there's a lot of merit to the padded flag. Our uh, rookie tackle with, with this age group was, was ended up, by the end of the season, being so popular uh, you know, I, I don't see us going back or stepping back into a, a padded flag, but I would think for some leagues uh, that that might be the perfect thing, you know, for this age group. But uh, yeah, I, I think just directors, whatever uh, commissioners, uh, to, yeah, to, just to explore the different uh, possibilities and in, in all the different things that USA football is working on developing uh, to look into those things in, in um, you know, maybe the, uh, most trusted uh, coaches in your league or uh, athletic directors in your league, uh, sit down with them and, and uh, you know, run, run those ideas by them and, and, and uh, yeah, pick and choose what works best for your community and your kids. And I think it's a great idea, the different levels. And, and that seems like a very good introductory level from flag to uh, live tackle. Coach, in all fairness to the different perspectives out there, you will hear people who are maybe pushing against making these changes that games like flag or padded flag or rookie tackle are nice, but they're not the real game. So as somebody who's coached his teams to a very high level, as we said before, seven state championships, you've had an incredible career. You've been that championship level coach. What are your thoughts relative to that type of thinking? I'm old enough where I would say that, you know, many would say I'm kind of an old school coach. Uh, You know, I, I believe in, in the discipline and the hard work and, and commitment and respect and a sense of duty and honor. I mean, all of that to me is part of the game. And, and so in all those ways, I'm about as old school as anybody can be in, in respect and in all of that stuff. But 
in regard to uh, the development of the game and, and building the game, rebuilding the game, uh, I, I just I've grown to believe that that uh, we we need to be open uh, as we look at again declining numbers uh, across the country and and you know we can kind of bury our heads in the sand and say well you know it's it's a it's a man's game and <laughs> you know there's only one way to play it you know we could do that but uh, I think if we do we'll continue to see declining numbers uh, and there's you know just so many factors that. That go into that, those declining numbers, uh, ongoing struggles with other sports, you know, the travel in fall baseball leagues, the AAU travel basketball, and, you know, the other sports get to play four games a week, football only gets to play one, and all those things we hear, all the different reasons why, uh, you know, people will give that the game is declining. Again, we can bury our heads in the sand and, and just say, well, you know, the kids just aren't as tough as they used to be, or their parents aren't as tough with them, and uh, or we can say, uh, you know, maybe this is where uh, society is, is heading. So what can we do to make adaptations and, and adjustments and, and continue again to provide this opportunity for kids to play this, this great game? A game that will change their lives, uh, again, if we uh, approach it and teach them and coach them in the right way. What do we need to do to, to uh, adjust and acclimate uh, to, to maybe to changing times? And so, yeah, that's what I would say to <laughs> to those that uh, say it's not real football. I, I'll tell you, after watching a season of rookie tackle, it is real football. I mean, they're they're getting after it. The kids are playing hard and playing their hearts out, and parents are cheering, and, and it was exciting, and, and it is real football. I guess that's what I would say. And, and even, you know, the uh, padded flag football if that is an introductory uh stage of the development model uh we need to be open to that at a certain age a group if if that's a good way to to get parents and kids excited about uh, making that transition into a full life tackle then then so be it i think we need to continue to do whatever we can to again build and, and, and rebuild uh the game of football Coach, you said it perfectly, and that's what it's all about, being able to provide football for all and continue to advance, grow, and unify this game. I appreciate you taking the time today, and I appreciate the work that you continue to do in your community to help football. Thank you so much, Keith. It was a pleasure uh, uh, to to be with you today and, and share some ideas. Thank you for your interest and support in the football development model. We cannot create a stronger sport without you. Head to fdm.usafootball.com to get involved. We'll see you next time on the Football for All podcast.